hello listeners and thank you for uh tuning in to the raleigh little theater podcast my name is patrick torres i'm the artistic director here at raleigh little theater and i'm uh, glad you're listening today so today we have a, a really special production of our podcast because um, it's not related to a certain play that we're doing, uh, but there's important kind of uh, staffing news that we wanted to share with you today. Um, so many of you know, um, if you are friends of the theater, if you follow us on social media, many of you know that our longtime costume designer, uh, Vicki Olson, is retiring in December of this year as soon as we open uh, Cinderella, which she's been designing for years. And uh, Vicki has had a long tenure here at Raleigh Little Theater. So um, while we are sad internally to see uh, Vicki retire, we're really happy for her and, and are just really grateful and thankful for the time that she has spent here at the theater and just the hours and hours of design and building and construction that she's done, not to mention all of the work she's done with our volunteers and um, just the uh, culture that she's built down in our costume shop. We're proud of Vicki. We're proud to have worked with Vicki. And, uh, you know, we're excited to have these last couple months with her. Um, but one thing you probably didn't know yet, um, and that is kind of the purpose of the podcast today, is to uh, let you all know that we have uh, promoted Jenny Mitchell uh, into the head costume design position to replace Vicki as the head costume designer here. And so she'll be managing the shop and volunteers and, and, and continuing um, to build on what Vicki has built. And so we're really thrilled to have Jenny take over um, even more of a leadership position here. If you've worked in the costume shop, you've worked around the theater in the, in the last 11-ish years, you know Jenny already. And um, we're just really excited to offer her the opportunity and to see um, what she does with the position. So um, I have both of them here with me today um, to, to talk to you on the podcast, just to share some thoughts about this process. And uh, yeah, so we'll get started. I want to talk uh, with Vicki first. So um, Vicki, uh, can you remind us just a little bit about your history with RLT? How long have you have you been here and, and what's your history been with the company? I first came to the theater after I got my MFA from UNCG in 1985. Earlier that spring, I had interviewed with Haskell Fitzsimmons at SETC, the Southeastern Theater Conference, and was eventually selected as RLT's first professional costume designer. At the time, I was Vicki King. I was single mom, and I had two kids. Natalie was 15, and Matt was 12 when I came. Natalie is now 48, and Matt is 45, and they both have two children. And so when I walked through the doors of RLT, in July of 1985, the costume shop was in what we now know as the studio. There was no Gaddy Goodwin Theater. The costume shop had the same number of sewing machines, but just two cutting tables and no sergers. Nearly all the costumes were stored in the room we sewed in. It was very claustrophobic. <laughs> and there was no direct heat or air conditioning for the first three years I was there. In the winter, we all wore fingerless gloves and kept a space heater under the sewing table to keep us warm. Al Wolfheimer uh, cured that heating problem by pulling warm air down from the ceiling of the scene shop upstairs. My office at the time was in what is now known as Cinderella Storage, and I shared it with the camel crickets and an ironing board. <laughs> when I first came to RLT, I had just two weeks to get my first show, Broadway Memories, up. 
It, I didn't know anyone in Raleigh. There were costumes and shoes piled up on the floor of the shop that had to be cleaned up and organized before I could start to even get the costumes together to celebrate the theater's first 50 years. After some phone calls, the volunteers started to roll in. When I started to work, we didn't have computers or the internet to contact volunteers or do show shopping. I had to have a stack of supply catalogs to order supplies. In those early years, I had far more places to shop for fabrics than I do now, but I did have to drive a whole lot more. There were no costume assistants to help me, so I asked different volunteers to be my assistant for each show. I had to find dressers as well and even dressed shows myself on occasion. My budgets are great now, but back then they were pretty meager. <laughs> the first big show I did was Anything Goes, and I had $1,000 to do it. There were 101 costumes in that show, and we built 51 of them. Next was the Barretts of Wimpole Street, Little Foxes, Cinderella, The Philadelphia Story, and we ended the season with the boys from Syracuse. All big shows with similarly low budgets. <laughs> I've done Cinderella for 24 years now, but the first year I did Cinderella was the second year that RLT had done the show, and I had a costume budget of $500 for that show. I didn't have enough money to buy wigs, so that year I built yarn wigs, which were so popular that Haskell never wanted to buy wigs. We still do a type of fantasy 18th century wig today, but we don't, I don't know if we'll ever go back to the purchased wigs. Um, my first tenure at theater lasted six years. I left in 1991. The Gaddy Goodwin Theater was opened in 1989, so the number of shows started to increase beyond what I could handle without an assistant, and there wasn't enough budget to hire anyone. My last show for that six-year tenure was The King and I, and I was exhausted. I was gone from RLT for about 10 years, but returned to the theater in August of 2001 when John Franklin left the costume position and Haskell again hired me to fill it. I've been at RLT since then. When I came back here, there were two other part-time employees in the costume shop, Sue Brace and Christine Olson. During, during John Franklin's time at RLT, the costume shop had been moved to the basement of the Gaddy Goodwin Theater, where it continues to be now. My office is now in what I used to call the hat and shoe room. <laughs> After Sue and Christine left, I hired Robin Cuevas as full-time to, to assist in the costume shop. But when she went back to school at FIT, I hired Sue Chung Lee as assistant designer. When she left, Jenny Butler, now Jenny Mitchell, became the associate costume designer. She's been with me ever since. I've been talking about retiring for years, and I know no one quite believed that I was really going to retire. But at age 71 and slowing down, I really need to do it. Wow, Vicki, thank you so much uh, for, for going through that whole history with us. I mean, it's always remarkable to me, like, to hear that you're 71, you know. I. Man, and, and how many years you've been here? I've been here four years, and I'm not 71, and you work way <laughs> more than I do, I think. I think, <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> we, um, yeah, we all put in so many hours, but uh, your tenure here has just been incredible. Can you estimate, Vicki, how many shows you've designed and how many you've worked on and, and someone else designed, how many costumes you built? Do you have any idea? Well, I do now. <laughs> 
And until now, I never counted the number of shows I've done. I've never had time to do that. And I was hoping that you guys would count them for me. <laughs> but I sat down with a list of shows, 25 pages, that the theater has done and counted out the shows that I, I did. I believe I've designed 154 shows at RLT. And I think that I've worked on 202 shows. But asking me how many costumes I've built is just crazy. <laughs> <laughs> because maybe I've, I've designed close to 1,000. It's difficult to estimate. Oh my gosh, that's, that's so many shows and so much history. I mean, I think when I, you know, um, and the staff knows this, I mean, uh, when I first uh, told the staff that Vicky was retiring, it felt real emotional for me. And, and we don't have that long of a relationship, but it's been meaningful, I think, over the four years. And so, but that's not really where the emotion came from. The emotion just comes from any artist who's created that much work. Um, you decide to retire, there's just like an overwhelming sense of how much uh, beauty uh, has been put into the world, how many actors have been affected by the stuff that you have put on their bodies. Um, just, just that amount of community is overwhelming to me. I think it's such a, a, a beautiful thing. You. <laughs> when you, my yeah. kids would call it abuse. <laughs> 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 to them. Yeah, know. sure. Yeah. <laughs> when you think back on all those shows, um, do you have any um, favorites? And um, even beyond the shows, do you have any favorite memories of your time here? Uh, of course, I do. Um, I do have a problem finding just one favorite, or even just a few, but I'll name just a few. Of course, Cinderella has to make the short list because I've been the real fairy godmother for that show for 24 years. I also loved doing Evita, Once Upon a Mattress, Sweeney Todd, Jungle Book, Three Penny Opera, Memphis, Spamalot, Mornings at Seven, just to name a few. Because each show has special memories, it's difficult to come up with favorites, but I'm sure the actors and costume shop volunteers tell stories. Dennis Poole, who has played Gertrude in Cinderella for years, likes to tell newcomers to Cinderella about the Cinderella actor who told me that green wasn't in his color palette. So I gave him green tights, green pants, <laughs> green vest, green coat to wear that year. The next year, he sent me flowers and told me he'd wear any color I wanted him to wear. <laughs> Susan Kimmel is one of my closest friends today and was one of the earliest volunteers to help me at the theater. I've known her since 1985, and we've kept in touch throughout the 10 years I was absent from RLT, through my move to, to and from South Dakota and her move to and from California. She used to bring both of her babies with her when she came to work at the costume shop. Her oldest child is now married, and Susan is still a volunteer. But I consider all the costume shop volunteers my friends. Working all these years in the costume shop has been wonderful due to the good times I've had with volunteers. I've worked in other shops before, but the, cos the RLT costume shop has been the very best of places to work. Probably my most valued memory is having my wedding in the Gaddy Goodwin Theater. I met Wayne at the theater. In fact, he was a volunteer in the costume shop for The Wiz. I thought he came to meet single women and offered to introduce him, but he said he wanted to go out with me. <laughs> we were married nine months later. 
Volunteers provided the entertainment for the reception instead of giving us gifts. Tina Morris Anderson, who was Tina Morris at the time, had just we had just gotten to know each other when she was in Ain't Misbehaving, uh, and she sang for me. The uh, another actor from that show made us a wedding cake, and another played the piano. Bill Rogers, who was a scenic designer, designed the stage. Bill Brown and David Bennett, among others, worked on the crew. We had a stage manager who was a volunteer and a makeup person, Benjamin Butler, who was the very first volunteer to walk into the costume shop when I came to RLT in 1985. At the time of the wedding, I was in the Oakwood Waits, an a cappella singing group, and they sang for our ceremony. Many RLT volunteers, Haskell Fitzsimmons, Nancy Demetrios, Dee and, P and Chris Penvin Crew, Matthew Brown, John Adams were members of the Oakwood Waits. Sue Ann Strickland, who was the music director for a lot of the shows at RLT, wrote a song for us that Nan Nancy Demetrios, then Nancy Watkins, sang. There were numerous other volunteers who performed. I know I'm not naming everyone, but there was, but it was a wonderful gift to have so many volunteers at my wedding. They have been like family all these years. I also remember The Wiz, the show we were doing when the theater could have burned down. When the fire occurred, there weren't any staff members present. It was the RLT volunteers that helped save the theater. But what I particularly remember was the evening when the entire cast of The Wiz came down to the costume shop after rehearsal and sang the most glorious rendition of Happy Birthday to my son, Matt. I was fortunate to have worked with many talented directors and actors and designers as well as volunteers through the years. I've seen such wonderful changes happening at RLT since I came in 1985. It proves that RLT is growing in a positive way. I believe it's one of the oldest and best theaters around. I'm proud to have been part of its history. Thank you so much uh, for, for sharing some of those memories with us, Vicki. Um, that sounds amazing. I, I didn't know that I could like get the volunteers to throw me a party. I'm gonna have to see if that can happen now. Um, uh, no, that's fantastic. That's, a, that's an amazing story. So, um, I mean, the most important question we have is like, how do you plan on enjoying uh, your retirement? Wow. Maybe I'll sleep at first. <laughs> I'm a little terrified about what happens after I get enough rest, though. I don't want to just sit on the couch and watch TV, though that has its appeal right now. <laughs> I, I'll probably look into volunteering closer to home in Lewisburg. I'd like to have time to get back to quilting, swimming, reading, visiting my kids and grandkids. I already consult for the Oakwood Waits and may design a few shows if anyone asks me. I also love to teach. I guess I'll just have to do my retirement planning after I retire <laughs> because I don't have definite plans right now. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much. And thank you for uh, just sharing all of that with us. I think, you know, folks care about you and they're interested in just kind of hearing um, what's going on with you and and you're gonna have to promise not to stay away forever and uh, come back and hang out with us sometimes um, and you know hopefully we can give you a call when we need some advice um, of course. <laughs> so we'll do that <laughs> that's right <laughs> well let's um let's talk to Jenny a little bit so um, like I said at the beginning of the podcast uh, Jenny is gonna be taking over the leadership role in the costume shop it's well-deserved. Jenny's worked very hard for um, 
many years here already as well. Um, and so, yeah, let's just uh, let's just talk with you for a second, Jenny. Um, first, congratulations on taking over the shop. Um, we're really glad that that, that is how uh, we can continue on uh, making our shop a really strong place to volunteer. Um, but tell us a little bit, just so people know. I know many people know you, but um, for anyone that doesn't or doesn't know you that well, tell us a little bit about your history here, because it's it's well, when you compare it to 24 years, it doesn't seem like that long. But you're one of the longest tenured staff members that's currently here. So uh, tell us about your journey. Uh, so I've been at RLT for roughly 11 years. It could be 12 now. I've lost count. Um, but I actually started coming by coming to a backstage night. I had not been doing theater for a while and I decided I needed to get involved again so I just showed up for a backstage night and on the tour I found out that Sue Chung was leaving and the rest of the tour continued on and I just stayed in the costume shop and talked to Vicky. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, hey, I have a theater degree. Um, so after having interviews with Vicky and Haskell, um, I got hired and here I am. <laughs> Uh, my first show was uh, In a Minute Apparel as an employee. I actually did work on You're in Town a tiny little bit as a volunteer. And then, uh, then In a Minute Apparel was my first official show. So that was, and that was the first show of that season. That's fantastic, Jenny. I, I, um, do you have, uh, can you think of uh, favorite productions, good memories that you've had? I have a lot of favorite memories. I mean, like, uh, like Vicki, the volunteers here have become very much my friends and family. And, um, I have 25 pages. Yeah, Vicky's got 25 pages of, of shows I could look through quickly to find out which ones are my favorites. Um, I will say that as I've worked here, when I first came here, I had never actually designed a children's show before, and I didn't think I would like it. And so as I have worked here for 11 years and done a lot of the kids' shows, I have found that I really enjoy doing kids' shows. So I told you. you I know. <laughs> So I think probably one of my, I can't name a specific one, but I really enjoy kid shows. Um, I really liked Snow White. Um, that was probably one of my favorites. I, and I, I have a love-hate relationship with animal shows because, you know, animal heads and making people look <laughs> like animals is tricksy, but um, I, I enjoy the challenge of it. So I, I do, I like my kid shows a lot. So um, kind of as the, the kind of the new leader in the costume shop, well, not kind of, you are going to be um, in December. Uh, I'm, I'm curious what you hope that the future holds uh, for RLT. I, uh, I guess I guess I just hope RLT continues growing and, and doing the programming that we're doing now. I really enjoy the sorts of plays we're doing now and the subject matter that they have. It's um, slightly more challenging material, and I like the way that a lot of the plays make people think and look at things that they may not think about in their everyday life and go, oh my gosh, I never really thought of that way. So I, I really hope we continue to move in that direction. So as you take on this new role in the costume shop, um, what, what would you say who, to anyone who wants to get involved or volunteer down there? Um, come in. We always need help doing something, um, even if you can't sew. Even if it's a small show, frequently we need help doing a thousand little things in the costume shop that don't involve sewing at all. Sorting, putting things away. I mean, we get overrun with stuff uh, so we would love to see new faces and new people come into the costume shop um, if you haven't sewn before and you want to learn to sew you can't ruin anything that can't be fixed it's just anything can be fixed um, and we always have food 
That's a good selling point, yeah. Yeah, there's always good food down there. That's why I find myself meandering down there too much. Um, great, no, thank you. Yeah, any, anybody can come, and I, I think that when I go down to the costume shop, I'm, it really isn't just about the food, I promise. Um, I like to go down during the day. I, I probably come and visit like once a day, just because for me, the costume shop um, is such a great example of what um, the ideal uh, RLT workspace is like, where volunteers are all engaged, so they're all working, but they're also having a really good time together. Um, I like to go down there because I enjoy hearing the stories that people are talking about. I'm always, before I get back to my office, I've always like laughed a few times and just like heard some really funny stuff happening down there. But also to see the progress. Um, you know, I don't go down to check in on like where we are. I just go down because I enjoy the atmosphere. And, and it's always really nice to see um, volunteers always present. And um, it's a good reminder of what we're all doing here is really uh, hopefully working in service of the volunteers. Um, so Jenny and I, you know, since I've been here, Vicki has designed the majority of the shows I've done, uh, just the way things are falling in the calendar or the space that they're in, things like that. And um, we've worked together a couple times, and I'm excited to work with you even more. But we are working together currently on Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, which for me um, is, a, is a story that I've always loved. It's something that I've always wanted to do. And, you know, I think that it's um, a, a pretty fun challenge as an artist because creating Narnia is like a really interesting thing to undertake. You know, it's such a iconic story and a story so many people know and, and so many people as they're reading it, they imagine their own version of what that looks like. And so we've certainly gone, um, you know, in a really, I think, interesting and artistically engaging direction with our show. But I wonder if you want to let uh, people in a little bit on kind of what we've talked about and your concept and uh, just kind of what's going on in the shop right now. Um, so Land the Witch in the Wardrobe is, well, I guess I would think of it as my, my favorite period, which is fantasy fairy tale gothic. Um, <laughs> so I enjoy doing this type of show because I really love medieval clothing and you don't get to use them very often. Um, and I guess with Narnia specifically, we started from a our script doesn't talk about World War II or the fact that the kids are coming from uh, that environment in London. And so we wanted to try to get a little bit of that militaristic look. So the four uh, children are, once they get to Narnia, their Narnia clothes tend to are, look a little British military dress uniformish. Um, I added some medieval flair to make it more Narnian. But we did want to kind of get across as subtly as we could that they're entering an environment that is, if not at war, is waiting for something bad to happen. So a lot of the characters wear some piece of armor. Um, a lot of them, the, especially the uh, evil characters, the Queen's minions have armor and are like dressed for battle for most of the show. We're mixing armor and a medieval look with a slightly more modern military look for a lot of the characters. Um, the animals, typically in, in past shows where there are animals, I've done full animal heads, but we didn't want to focus on the fact that they were animals because I think a lot of what Narnia is is they use animals to describe a certain type of person that can that fulfills a role. So the beavers have ears, but they don't really have tails, and they do have some fur, but not like fur suits. Um, the centaur has a tail. 
the unicorn has a horn, but I'm not making any of them particularly animalistic. I really enjoy anthropomorphizing animals, so I, and this, I'm being a little bit more subtle with this uh, show than I have been with past shows. Uh, so I'm hoping that we'll all come together and look lovely. I'm, it looks lovely in my head anyway. <laughs> Oh, it is going to be it's going to be remarkable. I mean, even just walking down um, and seeing like things under construction right now, it just makes me so excited. And I feel like it's exactly kind of, you know, the road that we started to walk down when we were conceptualizing the place. So I'm really excited. And if you uh, don't have your tickets to that show yet, please grab them. It's going to be really beautiful. Jenny's doing the costumes, of course, and Miyuki Sue is doing the set. And um, we're, we're really just excited about the environment that we're creating. And then as the lights and sound really help to fill that out, I think it's going to be something that you're not going to want to miss. So um, please come see that show, support Jenny and, and her work. Um, but thank you both so much for taking the time to talk with me today. Jenny and Vicky both are the kind of people that uh, like uh, being backstage. So the spotlight is not the place that they long to be. And so uh, I appreciate both of you taking the time. And as we wrap up, I just got a couple uh, more, uh, uh, just a couple quick questions for you. And Vicki, I was wondering, what is one piece of advice you have for Jenny as she takes on the leadership role in the costume shop? Honestly, uh, Jenny has worked with me for years now. And if I did have any advice, she's gotten it by now. <laughs> I do wish her much success in a very demanding, but a very fun job. And Jenny, do you have anything you want to ask Vicki before she goes or anything you want to say to Vicki uh, before uh, she heads off into retirement? I have one question, and I've been asking this question for 10 years. And Vicki already knows what it is because I told her what it was going to be. Um, but I told Vicki 10 years ago that she couldn't retire until I learned to use the embroidery machine. And I have not yet learned to use the embroidery machine. So I suppose my question is, so Vicki, how do I use the embroidery machine? You might want to check the notes on the embroidery machine. <laughs> I had to learn the very same way. <laughs> well, that's to be continued, I suppose. We, we still have about a month and a half left um, that, you, that you can learn to use that. <laughs> um, yeah, so again, again, I can't tell you how much we appreciate talking to you both and for y'all taking the time out of this crazy Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe build um, to make this happen. And uh, Vicki, thank you so much for everything you've done. Um, we're going to celebrate you more um, before, yeah. The po this podcast is not it. There's going to be more celebration of your time here um, and we're really excited um, just to you know get back into the season of Cinderella I do think um, I know that I associate that show with you and your vision and, and I think a lot of the community does so it'll be really um, great to to see that show again this year and uh, just thank you for all the work you've done um, on that show and everywhere and Jenny you too thank you for all the work you've been doing and you'll continue to do we're excited like I said earlier to have you in this role and um, it's, it's well deserved and uh, I, I'm you know I think losing someone who's been here as long as Vicki could be scary for an organization but you being here and uh, your leadership and and the way that you care for this place makes it um, makes it easier um, to you know to face uh, an RLT without Vicki which hasn't existed in a long long time um, so thank you both so much and uh, uh, we'll talk to you again soon.
Well, thanks again for listening to our podcast. Uh, there are a couple things I wanted to mention before I let you go. The first is the show that Jenny and I are currently working on, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, based on the great novel by C.S. Lewis. It opens in the Sutton Theater on October 19th and runs through October 28th. We also have a very special sensory-friendly production of that show at 1 p.m. on November 3rd. You can find out more information about that on our website. And uh, Jenny mentioned during the podcast that she got her start here by attending a backstage night. And that's the way many people will start uh, working with us. So we have our backstage night coming up very soon on October 24th. On October 24th, that uh, introduction to who we are and the many, many opportunities you have to volunteer here, it starts right at 7 p.m. So we invite you out to that so you can see how you can play a role making great art for our community. Again, thanks for listening, and I'll see you at the theater.